Well, we're on a, a series this month of confession. And a lot of times people hear the word confession and they think like, um, I should put a white collar on and you can come and confess your sins. <laughs> I'm not picking on any particular uh, denomination. I'm just saying. You think confession, like confess your sins. What have you done this week? Confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. And so uh, there's that kind of confession. But what we're really talking about in this series is confessing what God says about you and confessing what you want and what you desire, not confessing what you have. Well, most people just confess what they, what they have or what they see. You know, I remember a particular situation, and uh, I was with somebody, and the way they were just describing how bad something looked. And uh, I kind of stopped and looked at them, and they said, well, I just say what I see. And I thought, well, that's no way to live a life of faith. Because if you only ever just say what you see, you'll only ever have what you see. Come on, if you can't see yourself starting that business, if you can't see yourself healed, if you can't see yourself free from that addiction, well, you'll probably never be free from that. You'll probably never enter into that, you know, that, that business maybe that's even on your heart if you can't see yourself with it. Sometimes... Uh, one of the uh, greatest things you can do to overcome doubt is to actually begin to see yourself with what you're believing for. Amen. So your confession makes all the difference in the world. And I'm, I'm starting to chuckle because I think my daughter was there so she could laugh with me. But I, uh, I've been uh, traveling a bit and helping them and so... Uh, I haven't been home to take care of some of the home stuff that needs to be taken care of. And uh, I got a little frustrated yesterday about the condition of my house. And so I was like, oh, man. So I started saying some things that I really don't want. And then in response to hearing myself say those, I said, I think if I can say it the same way I said it. I said, and I have to teach on confession tomorrow. <laughs> And then I said, hmm, apparently I need it. Because even my statement of teaching on confession was the wrong confession. Like, I don't know if I said it the same way I said it, but what was the tone behind it was, man, I got to teach on confession tomorrow. Well, that's a bad confession. <laughs> well, you have what you say. You know, and I like to think of it because we live in such a, a tech, technological age. You know, I could uh, type something into my, uh, one of my devices, and I could have Siri or Google or whatever automated intelligence thing say, you know, say my confessions for me. <laughs> I could, you know... I should have prepared it. I'm not going to do it now because it's tech and it's hard to, hard to get techie when you're in the spirit. But, you know, I could say, like, I'm a new creature in Christ. And it would say, in its weird, computerized way, I am a new creature in Christ. But, you know, if I, if I say, then, okay, play that 20 times every day, that's not really going to change my life. And it's not really going to affect me because that's just this computer saying it. I must say it. That would be like, 
Who could I find? Gabriel going to the gym and working out his upper body for me. And I'm like, Gabriel, I think you should have done a little more because there's some lacking. Well, you laugh, but you know that won't work, right? He will get the benefit of it. I won't get the benefit of it. He'll get the benefit. And so um, your words are important. And let's read our main scriptures. Proverbs 18, verse 20 and 21. And uh, we normally quote verse 20, just 21, but I, I want to read verse 20 as well. A man's stomach shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Well, your stomach, he's not just talking about, really not talking about your physical stomach, but your inward person, your inward man, will be satisfied by the fruit of your mouth. Not the fruit of my mouth, the fruit of your mouth. What's the fruit of your mouth? Well, it's what's being produced and grown on your mouth or on your lips. Like, what is there? A man's stomach shall be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he will be filled. Produce of his lips, he'll be filled. What are you going to be filled with? Well, what's he say in the next verse? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What are you? What are you? You are a spirit. You just like me for my body. You know that saying, you just like me for my body? I'm not saying you just like me for my body, I'm just saying. Even the world says, you just like me for my body. So even the world knows they are more than their body. So you are more than just your body, just your outward appearance. And you're more than just the things you have. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. You are a spirit. And when you die, your spirit will live on. You're a spirit. Everything is framed around your spirit. You, you have a mind, an intellect, emotions, reasonings. But the real you is a spirit. And John chapter 4, Jesus said, They that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship Him. God's a spirit. So God's a spirit. He's going to talk to you in your spirit. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27 says, uh, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. New King James says, The lamp of the Lord. Uh, some other translations say, the spirit of man is the light of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. And I really like, uh, literally, if you have a New King James, and it has a little number there, um, uh, parts, for the word parts of the belly, it actually says the chambers of the belly. In other words, you have inward chambers. You have things that are happening on the inside of you. And God's going to speak to you by your spirit. By his, excuse me, by his spirit to your spirit. 
actually, uh, in Corinthians, Paul said, by the Holy Spirit, he said, uh, declaring or teaching spiritual things to spiritual people. How do you get to be spiritual? It's pretty easy. You make Jesus the Lord of your life, and you become a spiritual person. Well, we think a spiritual person is somebody that's like praying for hours and hours and read the word for hours and hours. And that is a spiritual exercise for sure. But the way you become spiritual is to get born again. And then you're a spiritual person. Come on. Paul said, 2 Corinthians 4, 13, we having the same spirit of faith. We have the same spirit of faith. Who is he talking about? David. He's quoting David. David had a spirit of faith. He killed a lion. He killed a bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be nothing to me. That's somebody with a spirit of faith. When all odds are against you, when everything seems to be failing, before he took a step towards Goliath, he got his mouth moving. How dare you defy the armies of the living God, you uncircumcised Philistine? You're not part of the family. You're not part of the covenant, he said. I'm a covenant man. God has cut covenant with my family. I'm in covenant with God. Therefore, I can't go down. So everything you said that you're going to do to me, this is your day. I'm going to do it to you. I'm going to cut off your head this day. Well, that irritates people who accomplish everything in their own strength and want all the credit. Well, the, the Lord is the strength of our life. We give him all the credit. So what you say matters. And you can speak yourself to death or you can speak yourself to life. And what you have right now is in large measure because of what you have believed and declared. Now, when you declare something, confess. Confession simply means to say the same thing, and when we're talking about biblical confession, we're saying the same thing as who? God. What God says. What does God say about me? What does God say about this situation? What does God say? I'm going to say what God says. Well, that's not always the easiest thing in the world, especially if you are exhausted or especially if you haven't been feeding on the Word of God, you got to feed your spirit the Word of God just like you feed your body uh, natural food. You feed your spirit God's words. Jesus said, man shall not live or have life by bread alone or natural food alone or natural things, natural sustenance alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What did God say to you this morning? Or maybe it's Sunday, so you figure, the pastor does all my studying for me on Sunday, all my praying for me on Sunday. So what did the Lord say to you yesterday? <laughs> Are you going to do it in the afternoon? What is proceeding out of the mouth of God for you? What's he saying to you? I think I said that last week. It's a great key. And, you know, if you've experienced me doing it to you, just know I'm ministering to you, but... You know, it's a really a great key when somebody is just bad-mouthing somebody else just to tell them you're great, you're, what revelation you got that morning from the Lord. You know, just act like you're, you're an old person that didn't really hear. Be like, 
you know what the Lord, you know what I saw? And, I, and I'm legit in it. Like, literally, I was reading this morning, and I never saw this before. Have you ever seen this before? It's amazing. It just diffuses the situation. It gets people's focus off of that. And if, they're, if they have learned anything, if they're taught in the Word at all, you just gave them an opportunity to change the direction of their mouth, which will change the direction of their life. And so, you know, it's real important to do the children's song, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Don't read your Bible, don't pray every day, and you'll shrink, shrink, shrink. You know that song from Bible's, uh, VBS or something? It's real simple, but it's a, it's a dynamic truth. Read the Word, feed on the Word. I like to change it to feed, your, feed on your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow and grow and grow. Come on, the Word is like a wave of the sea hitting a, a, a rugged rock. It just keeps hitting it and softening it up. Changed by the word, the washing of water by the word. It'll cleanse you, smooth out the rough edges, but you got to learn to live from your spirit. You got to learn to talk from your spirit. I mean... If I came right now with a hammer and hit your thumb, you'd be sorely tempted to speak from your flesh or just punch me right away. Some kind of action. Proverbs 13, verse 2 and 3. A man will eat good, good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressors or sinners will eat violence. He that keeps his mouth keeps his life. Well, you're better in a situation where you're like, there's something you really want to say, but you know, I should really not say this. That can be in your marriage. <laughs> that can be on your job. That can be at the airport. That can be in traffic. Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 8 through 13. What does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That's the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth or you declare with your mouth or you say the same thing with your mouth that God says, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Your heart is your spirit. So you don't believe in your um, head and confess with your mouth. You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Come on, you can confess or declare things with your mouth while your head is screaming at you. That's not going to work. That's not true. Uncle George, remember Uncle George, what he experienced? Remember Aunt Sue, what she, what she went through? What, your, your, your mind and the devil sometimes will help your mind. Try to come up with a thousand and one reasons why the word's not true. That's why we got to renew our mind. We have a total transformation, the Bible says, a metamorphosis of the mind, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed or metamorphosized by the word of God. And so the word of God will change your thinking. And if you can change your thinking, you can actually change your believing and your speaking. But sometimes you've got a belief in your heart. Sure enough, 
man, somebody preaches it or you read it and there's a witness on the inside and you're turning flips. Yes, glory to God. Wonderful. Hallelujah. I believe it. But then when you're not under that anointing in your prayer time or in a service in the presence of God and, and that thing comes back, but well, you're like grasping, trying to find like, well, okay, I know I saw that. What, 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 what was that? But your mind will steal it from you. Your mind will put up a wall. Well, I, I've never prayed and been healed. And I know I love God, so healing must not be true. I just based everything on my personal experience. Now, if that was you, just be patient with me. Because that was me many years ago. Do you know how much pride is in that statement and that thought and that action? If I have not experienced it, it must not exist. <laughs> well, we don't realize that when we're thinking that, but that's actually what we're declaring. Like, I would know it if it was that way. And sometimes us ministers are the most guilty of that. Well, maybe there's some things you don't know. I know the Lord said to Kenneth Hagin one time, you know, he, well, he said, Kenneth Hagin said to the Lord, you know, if there's anything like that in the Bible, I don't know it. Talking, talking about taking your authority over the devil because he was always praying that the Lord would take care of the devil for him. Lord, stop the devil from doing this and prevent the devil from doing all this. And, uh, you know, the Lord told him, if you don't do something about the devil, if you didn't do something about him in that situation, I couldn't have done anything. And he said, ugh. Uh, can you say that again? Because I don't think I heard you right. And he said the same thing again, like three or four times. And then finally, Kenneth Hagin said, now, Lord, I have read the New Testament through 150 times and portions of it more than that. And if there's anything like that in there, I don't know it. And he said the Lord was so gracious with him and said, son, there's a lot of things in there you don't know. <laughs> And then he gave him four scriptures to prove what he was telling him. So, you know, the best of us can stumble over, you know, well, if I don't know it, it must not be the case. But one thing I noticed about being filled with the Holy Spirit is you're a lot more open to anything that the Word of God says. So if you uh, believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With the heart you believe and you're made right with God, but with the mouth you confess or declare and you are saved. When are you saved? Before you confess or after? Say it loud. After. After. You're not saved until you declare that you're saved. Well, if this is how you were initiated into the whole kingdom of God, don't think that the kingdom has changed. If you had to confess that you're saved before you were actually saved, you're probably going to have to confess that you're healed before you actually experience the healing. You're probably going to have to confess that you're free before you actually experience the freedom. It's we walk by faith. Not by sight. 
Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now I'm going to give you several translations. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We have evidence for what we believe, and it is our faith. And that evidence is stronger than any physical evidence you could ever have. Hallelujah. Uh, Burke translation says, faith form, but faith forms a solid ground for what is hoped for, a conviction of unseen realities. You are convinced, you are convicted this is true without physically seeing it. Come on, this is where faith is at. Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty two, 22, have faith in God, lay hold of God's faithfulness, God's way of living by faith, God's way of always showing up, God's way of changing the situation, have faith in God. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and thrown into the sea and doesn't doubt where in his heart again, but believes that what he says comes to pass, he'll have whatever he says. I'm telling you, whoever commands a mountain and does not change their declaration or their command, when they do it based on what God has said, faith in God, they will have whatever they commanded. That's what Jesus is saying. And I probably... I know I did not emphasize it correctly or enough because Jesus said in the King James, verily, verily, I say to you, like it is this way, no other way. You better pay close attention. This is how faith works. This is what faith does. Faith exercises authority because of what God has said. You can't leave out verse 22. Have faith in, how can you do verse 23 and really believe it in your heart? Well, for me, the only way I know to really, really believe verse 23, which is commanding that mountain to be gone, is if I, because I know I, I, have, I make mistakes. I know I don't see the full picture, especially as you age and experience more of life. Oh, you think you know. But you don't know. Yeah, you, you think that's the right decision to make. And like, I don't understand why the boss wouldn't make that decision. That's because the viewpoint from your position doesn't have the full picture. And if you had the full picture, you probably might make the exact same decision they made that you disagree with. Well, if I'd have known that, I wouldn't have said that. So a faith forms a solid ground for what you hope for, what you desire, what you dream, faith will make that a reality. Faith means the assurance of what we hope for. It is our conviction about things that we cannot see. And what is faith? Faith gives substance to our hopes and makes us certain of realities that we do not see. Okay, so I have to hurry because it's late. So where we're going with this today Last week, we talked about finding your voice of confession, that you confess what you believe, right? So this week, we're out of time. <laughs> this week, what I want to emphasize 
because the Lord put on my heart, is you have three major parts of your being that you can choose to connect your mouth to or with. Uh, you have your physical body, which is feelings, senses. So you can say what you see. You can say what you feel. You can say, you know, I mean, I, I read an article the other day. And this person was kind of upset because they were on an overseas flight from Australia to some other place. And somebody brought the dog, their dog with them and set it next to the, under the seat, you know. And the dog was tooting the whole time. 13-hour flight. So what do you think everybody said? Something stinks. Why? It's stinky. Why? It stinks. Something stinks, you know. Well, that's funny when it first starts, but if you've heard it for a long time and then somebody else comes in and says, man, it stinks in here. That reminds me of one of my favorite stories, which is uh, the Lindberger cheese story. So this guy, he, just, he was probably like my father-in-law or something, because they like all kind of weird cheeses that stink. So he goes, like, gets himself a piece of Lindberger cheese, gets it from the fridge and cuts it up, eats it. He's like you, he's got a mustache. He eats a Lindberger cheese. He leaves a little bit on his mustache that he doesn't know about. He goes, ooh, kitchen stinks. Man, the kitchen stinks. I might have hit a little too close to home, but she have trouble listening now, but anyhow. So, like, oh, kitchen stinks. So he goes into his living room to get away from that smell. He gets in the living room and takes a deep breath. Oh, man, the living room stinks. And he thought, man, I'm, I'm going to go in my bedroom. He goes into the bedroom. Oh, the bedroom stinks. Man, it's, this whole house stinks. So he goes out on the front porch to get a breath of fresh air. And he goes, oh, the whole world stinks. You know, the problem was right under his nose. Right near his mouth. Well, sometimes, many times our biggest problem is not the devil. It is our own mouth. But people want to talk about deliverance, and there is biblical deliverance, and people are oppressed and sometimes possessed by the devil. I'm not negating that. But many times, you are in bondage and bound up and tied up and unable to move or function because of this right here. You have connected this to your feelings. Or you have connected this to natural human reasonings. No, as believers, I have believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and because of that we speak. So we connect our mouth to the belief in our heart that came from the Word of God that we planted in our heart that we might not sin against Him. So I connect my mouth with my belief. Come on, you, you have trouble with addiction? Let me give you a get out of jail with minimal cost card. It's not free because you've got to put your flesh under. How about you find some scriptures, two or three scriptures that talk about 
He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And you will continue in my word, and my, uh, the word will make you free or set you free. And then because of those scriptures, you actually declare. How about you just start with, I don't know, two days. Just make a declaration. Like, you mean it from your heart. I will not do that for two days because the Son has set me free. You put your, connect your faith with what that word says because you believe it. Don't connect your faith with your experience. Don't connect your faith with your past. You connect your faith with Jesus' experience and with Jesus' past. And so you see your situation in the light that God's word sheds upon it. What does God's word say? Oh, if it, even if it's a demonic oppression. I mean, it says that Jesus spoiled principalities and powers and made a public spectacle or mockery of them because he triumphed over them in his death and burial and resurrection. Well, you know, if you believe, like, well, I got these, these uh, demonic spirits and, they're, they're, uh, spirits, excuse me, and they're dominating me. And you say, I've got these demonic spirits, spirits and they're dominating me. And that's all you ever say and believe. You're going to have these demonic spirits, spirits that are forever dominating you. Sometimes people get in a situation where they need someone's help. You know, you go pray, you know, take authority. But you better teach them the word because that devil, he'll come back. Sometimes seven times worse. But sometimes our bondage comes from our own mouth. I, I, I'm a kind of ashamed to admit this, but I will. You ever have sometimes your flesh just like yearns to say something horrible? That is not your spirit, that's your flesh. Like it's like a, you know, actually Jesus said, talking of demonic spirits that come back seven times worse, it says they walk through dry places, they seek rest, and they don't find any. And I see that as like there is a hunger that those spirits have to seek fulfillment through manifestation through humans. Like they hunger and thirst to, to express themselves through you. Well, just because you're a believer, don't think that one minute you can't yield to the Spirit of God and another minute yield to an evil spirit. But you have a choice. And you have a will. And as an act of your will, you separate yourself from their power and ability by standing upon the Word of God, immovable and fixed. Having done all to stand, you stand therefore. Having put on the full armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6. So your confession, I am not getting there. <laughs> Let me end with this story. There was a, a, a woman that uh, Kenneth Hagin ministered to, and it's one of my favorite uh, events that happened in his ministry. This woman had a, a young child, I think he was like, well, not young, but teenager, 
16 years old. And so uh, he was staying up late, doing drugs, not coming home, not listening, not doing what he needed to do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she would stay up all night worried about him. And uh, she came for ministry. And, uh, you know, he said, you need to surround him in faith and love. You need to see him the way God sees him. Believe that he's going to do the right thing, you know, and stop saying he's going to wind up in jail. And she said, how did you know I was saying that? And he said, because of the way he's turned out. Somebody had to be declaring that over him. So he said, here's what you do is you say, I do not believe he will end up in jail. Well, a year later, uh, they saw each other because he was a traveling minister and, you know, she, he didn't recognize her because she was so different because she had given up all the worry because of the confession. And um, her son had come, got born again, filled with the Spirit, wonderful testimony. But uh, she said this, and this is the point I wanted to draw from that, that uh, story. And she said, I tried to say, I don't believe he'll end up in jail, but I couldn't do it. She said, what I said was, I will not believe he'll end up in jail. And she said, when I declared that long enough, then I said, I don't believe he'll end up in jail. You catch it? It's subtle. I will not believe it. You have a choice to believe what you're going to believe. Or disbelieve what you're going to disbelieve. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat, of the, eat the fruit of it. James talked about you direct your whole life with your tongue. So if you have a situation that you're having difficulty saying what God says about it, then you just kind of do what this woman did. She, she, couldn't, she couldn't get beyond her mind to say, like, I don't believe they're gonna end up in the, he's going to end up in jail. She said, I, I will not believe that. And she, until she... Got that confession solid enough, she said, I don't believe it. He's not going to end up in jail. And what happened? He didn't end up in jail. He got born again. Started coming, started coming to church, got born again. Before she was always like, you need to be in church. Why are you not in church? Why are you not doing this? Da, 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 you know? And I think mothers sometimes have more of a challenge there than fathers, but fathers can also have the same challenge. You know, as a mother, you're kind of like always having to tell the kids what to do, what not to do. And sometimes you have to tell the father, don't give them all that sweet stuff, you know. <laughs> Not right now, please. Or you have to tell the father, like, do you realize that's not really a safe thing for them to be standing up on top of that where they could just fall off? And the dad's like, whoa, whoa. Are you relating to this, Jessica? Okay, praise the Lord. Stand with me if you would. Well, next week, I guess we'll go to Numbers. We're going to go to Numbers uh, talking about entering the promised land. You know, God said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. He didn't say that to say that those thoughts and ways are unobtainable. He's saying the ways of a natural man and the thoughts of a natural man, they're not even the same sphere as the thoughts and ways of God. 
And you're not going to enter into those thoughts and ways except from your spirit. Amen. You connect your spirit to the Lord, boy, you'll get insight into his thoughts, into his ways. He even said, I'll show you the future. How many of you like to know something about your future? You can prepare ahead of time. How about praying before the problem even happens? You got it all taken care of. So when it shows up, you're like, Whoo! God's already got it. God loves you. The devil hates you. He's trying to steal from you. And so many times he steals by getting hold of our mouth. We freely give our mouth to him, sometimes unconsciously, sometimes consciously. If we just turn our hearts to the Lord, say what he says, and take a moment, get quiet before the Lord, listen to him. Be still and know that I am God. You're his sheep if you're born again and you know his voice. How about make that your declaration? Especially the next time you feel like you don't hear from God. Maybe the reason you don't hear from God is you never stop talking. If you go to prayer and all you do is talk but you don't listen, you're probably not going to hear much from God. It's supposed to be a conversation. Well, maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. I'm going to give you an opportunity to make Him the Lord of your life. This decision outwardly may seem like a small decision, but inwardly this is, this is the difference between light and darkness, between life and death, between, between freedom and slavery. This one declaration that Jesus is Lord. The Bible says if you declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. There's no two ways about it. As many as received Jesus, those are the ones he gave the right to be the children of God. It is not automatic. Yes, God is a good God. Yes, God loves you. He loves you so much he sent his own son to die for you, to set you free, so that if you would receive him, Jesus Christ, the son of God, if you would receive him, that you would receive life and freedom and forgiveness of your sins and removal of your sins. If you'd like to receive Jesus as your Lord this morning, just slip up your hand. I want to give you that opportunity. God loves you, has a plan for your life. The devil hates you, wants to destroy you, but Jesus came to set you free. Jesus came to give you a life that is so good that you like. You have to really rub your smile muscles because they're so sore from the goodness of God. Praise the Lord. Anybody here wants to do that? Anybody online would like to give your life to the Lord? Okay, every, every head bowed, every eye closed. Uh, maybe you're here this morning, and maybe uh, you've been born again, you gave your life to the Lord, but you're what the Bible calls a backslider. You let uh, any number of things come in and draw you away from the Lord. The Lord never walked away from you, but you walked away from Him. I want to give you an opportunity to come back. If, that, if that's you with everybody's eyes closed, just slip up your hand. Come back to the Lord Jesus. He loves you. He's made a way. Hallelujah. All right, let's, let's do this together. Let's, let's make our confession. Say, Father God, I thank you that you're a good God. And you do good things. 
I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I receive him as my Lord. Jesus, you are my Lord. My life is yours. I'm living for you, not for myself. Father God, thank you for saving me, making me a part of your family. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.